Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I'm Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And yes, it is me in the flesh. Micah! Well, maybe not in the flesh, but you get it. Thank you guys so very much for continuing to support the talk with Micah and friends. I definitely appreciate it. Um, This is episode number 13, episode number 13. And if any of you have been following the talk with Micah and friends show, you would know that we started out first as a podcast. And then in mid-January, we decided to become a live show. Um, And since then, I've gained many, many followers, uh, many supporters, and I definitely, definitely appreciate you guys. And to date, still, our highest rated show was actually episode number 11 um, with the porn stars of the industry, of the adult entertainment industry. Um, And we're at about 35 or 36,000, 35 or 36,000 streams, okay? All right, so thank you guys so very much for that. Our last episode, which was all about the topics, um, did actually very, very well. We're at about 1,200 streams. So, you know, guys, that's an actually good show because we talked about so many things. I mean, we talked about reality television. We we talked about the Stand Your Ground law. We we talked about the Arizona bill that was vetoed. Um, we talked about friend versus foe. I mean, we talked about a lot of things, and I want you guys to really tune in and listen to that particular episode because it was so much. Um, we had people on there that gave us so much, you know, wealth of knowledge, and everybody was open-minded. And even though we had um, some disagreements, we still left, um, you know, knowing a little bit more about the person or about the issue at hand. So, again, thank you guys that were a part of that show on last week, all right? And speaking about all about the topics, I'm actually going to have an all about the topics times two show, and that's going to be uh, toward the end of March, maybe early April. So I'm looking for six individuals. If you want to be a part of that show, I definitely uh, suggest if you haven't listened to the show, go back and listen first so you know exactly what I'm looking for. Then I want you to email me at the top with Micah at gmail.com, and I'll, you know, give you the next step in the process of being selected as one of the panelists for the All About the Topics Times 2 show, all right? And again, thank you for those that um, subscribe via iTunes, um, you you listen to the show via Blog Talk Radio, Hillcast.com, or just by simply clicking the link, clicking the link excuse me, that I post on Facebook um, an hour after the show. Well, you guys know what time it is, right? It is time for the free and clear, free and clear, free and clear segment. Come 
For a limited time only, $25 for the flyers, $25 for the promos. Every purchase before March 21st will enter you for a chance to win free flyers and promos for a month. Contact Ferris Avdemar for more information at 504-307-3273. All funds collected will go to support Team Justin in support of the kidney failure awareness, okay? So buy a flyer or a promo and help support a cause that is very close to his heart, okay? And again, that's Ferris Avdemar. Uh, Miss West Virginia Continental 2014 starring R.B. Ryan, Miss West Virginia Continental, Miss Continental Nisha Lopez, Former Miss Continental Plus Chelsea Pearl, the reigning Miss Continental Plus Fair in Height, former Miss Virginia Continental uh, Olivia Knowles, as well as Priscilla Devine. That'll be Friday, March 14th, 2014. Pageant starts at 12 midnight, and that's going to be at the Stonewall Club in West Virginia. All right? Great. What else do we have here? Uh, Amazon MBU, Miss Amazon MBU Grand 2014, honoring Tamara Chevalier. All right, that's going to be held Sunday, May 14th at Excess Ultra Lounge, 708 Spring Street in Atlanta, Georgia. Presentation is white. You have a sportswear, evening gown, talent, question and answer. Registration is at 12 noon. Entry fee is $125. Pension starts at 7. The admission is $20. Special guests shall include Monica Santangelo Dupree, Aja, Alexis Davenport, Alphonse Dupree, Al Milan, Nicole Love Dupree, Malika Dickerson, and Yasmin Campbell Star. Again, that's Miss Amazon MBU Grand 2014, a preliminary to MBU Grand, okay? All right. Philly Black Pride. And of course, Philly Black Pride is coming up in April. And I'll be, you know, over the course of every week, I'll be announcing, you know, two to three events that they'll be having on that week. So I want to start with the first two Sunday, April 20th, 7 p.m. to 11. They'll be having the 7th Annual Mr. and Miss Philadelphia Black Gay Pride Pageant, A Night in Rio. The location will be held at the Adrian Theater, 2030 Sampson Street, and that's going to be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All right. Uh, Monday, April 21st, 7 p.m. to 11, they're going to have a youth roundup. The location will be at the Attic Youth Center at 255 South 16th Street. And uh, another event. I'll, I'll give you another one. Wednesday, April 23rd. 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., Ratchet Wednesday presents Frat House. Location is going to be at the Taboo Sports Bar and Lounge. That's going to be at 200 South 12th Street. Again, this is going to be Philly Black Gay Pride, their 15th anniversary. Love, laugh, and live. Okay? All right. And, oh, we got another announcement, baby. Uh, Black America, Junior, Junior Miss will be held March 14, 2014, at Spivey's Creation Room in Decatur, Georgia. Address, to be exact, is 1775 South Columbia Place. All right. Categories include presentation, which is not judged, um, black on black with a red tie for the guys and a black gown or a black uh, cocktail dress for the females, uh, talent, sportswear, formal wear, uh, gown, and they'll also have on-stage questions for all contestants. Entry fee is $200. If you would like a packet emailed to you, um, please hit me up, thetalkwithmike at gmail.com or Micah Pierce Lord on Facebook or MBA Pageant Director Junior at gmail.com. And I'll make sure you get a packet because it has all the information that you need, even the breakdown in regards to, uh, you know, your um, your categories, okay? All right. Black America, Mr. Miss and Plus will be held uh, March 15th and the 16th at the Center Stage Theater in Midtown Atlanta. The categories are interview, private interview, uh, presentation, all that glitters and shines, talent, sportswear, formal wear, gown, and the top five 
will answer a question on stage, okay? All right. Well, speaking of Black America, I actually have up next Mr. Black America, Corey Mon, Miss Black America, Nichelle Paris, Miss Black America Plus, Ivy, Ivy White, Black America Jr., Christian Lord St. James, and last but certainly not least, Black America Jr. Miss, Giselle Sanchez Sinclair. It's all about NBA, baby. With about nine days left before the kickoff to the Black American National Weekend, which is March 14th, 15th, and 16th in Atlanta, Georgia, I was fortunate enough to snag a group interview with the reigning symbols of excellence. So it is with much pleasure that I introduce to you our Black America Junior, Christian Lord St. James. Are you here? Hello. Hey. What's going on? <laughs> I have Black America Junior Miss, Ms. Giselle Sanchez. And Claire, are you here? Hello. How is everyone? All right. And Miss Black America Plus, Ivy, Ivy White, are you here? Yes, I am. All right. Miss Black America, Michelle Paris, are you here, Michelle? I am present. Hi, everyone. All right. And Mr. Black America himself, Mr. Corey Mine, are you here? I am. How are you this evening? I am wonderful. I thank you guys all for agreeing to do this group interview with me. With me, I'm just you know a week shy of your um, really pushing up the titles on next week. I greatly appreciate it. Um, so let's just go ahead and start it off. You know, if, if if you don't know, you will know that I don't like to waste time. I like to go ahead and jump right into it. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the juniors of the system, and I'm going to work my way up the ladder. Okay. So we're going to start with Christian and Giselle. The question is for you. I want you to tell us a little about a little bit about yourself you know, where you're from, your age, um, and how did you get involved in doing pageants within the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community? I'll say that one more time. I've got a little tongue-tied. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, your age, and how did you get involved in doing pageants within the LGBTQ community? We'll start with uh, Giselle, and then we'll go to Christian. Okay, well, hey, everyone. My name is Giselle Sanchez Sinclair. Um, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm 25 years old, and I got involved in doing pageants in about, I think it was around 2008, and um, that's just because everyone that I was surrounded with in, um, in the gay lifestyle pretty much was into pageantry, so it's like the people that I hung out with, that's really all that they really did was, you know, pageantry, so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and, like, once I did my first pageant, I really fell in love with it, and I really fell in love with the art form because I thought it was something that I could probably, you know, really excel in. So, um, like I said, once I did the first pageant, um, I really kind of got, like, the pageant fever, and then the second pageant I did, I won. And then from there, it led me up to here. So. All right. Thank you so much, Giselle. And, Giselle, I'm going to ask you a quick question. How many pageants mm-hmm. have, you won, have you won prior to uh, competing for junior? How many titles have I won prior yes. to competing for junior? Uh-huh. Three. Uh-huh. No, I'm sorry, okay. four. Four. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and Christian, uh, you're up next, sir. Yeah, but um, 
I'm Christian, Lorraine James. I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama. I'm 24 years of age, and um, I'm a dancer. I work, and I got the pageantry through my father, Tyler Dupree, and he doesn't really come around anymore. But um, I went and I saw him compete in a pageant one night, and when I saw him dance for talent, which is what we did together because he was one of my teachers at the studio, I was like, you go down here and put on clothing and you dress up, and you win money by just doing what you do every day. So I was like, I want to try it. And I did the same pageant that I came and watched him win and got first runner-up. So after then, I was like, okay, I don't lose. So I struggled with it, and I just got to grow to love it. And I just started competing on a national level, and it took off from there. Okay. And, Christian, how many um, uh, newcomer national titles have you won prior to prior to junior? Oh, it was three prior to junior. Yeah, three so and what? Okay, and, and what? A, <laughs> we go ahead to hear that. And what is your um, what? What are those three titles? It was Mr. Sweetheart International Newcomer. It was Mr. Ebony International Newcomer, and Mr. Renaissance Newcomer. Okay, and Giselle, since I didn't ask you, what what are your um the titles that you you won prior to the national titles you won prior to competing for junior? Um, I've won um, Domino of the Styles. I've won Essence International Newcomer, and I've also won Grand Capital Newcomer. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Now we're going to go ahead and turn the tables over to uh, the national court, uh, Ivy, uh, Corey, as well as Michelle. Um, I want you guys to give us a little, a little background on who you are, your name, your age, if you want to divulge that information, um, <laughs> where, you're, where, where do you currently reside, and who or what motivated you to start entertaining and competing in pageants? I'll say it one more time. I want you to give us a little, a little, back, a little background on who you are. Um, so give us your name, your age, if you want to divulge that information, um, where you currently reside, and who or what motivated you to start entertaining and competing in pageants. And we're going to start with, we'll let Corey start, then we'll go to Ivy and then Michelle. All right, I'm Corey Iman, and I'm originally from Gary, Indiana, uh, 37 years old. And the person, I think, that actually got me involved in pageantry was Mocha Montrese. Um, She was a dance instructor at the university that I attended, and she would always solicit a lot of the kids to come and dance in her talent. So she's um, the reason that I got involved in pageantry. Now, DJ Valentino, which is my liver, is the person that actually has me uh, in competition mode. So okay. He um, crowned Mr. Wisconsin Black Universe in 2001. Mm-hmm. And as like a gag, I decided to run in the pageant um, when he was giving it up. Okay. And... and, and Corey, what um what other national titles have you competed for prior to um, competing for Black America? Um, I've actually competed for Mr. Renaissance as well as Mr. Continental. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, Miss Ivy, Ivy White. Well, hello. My name is Ivy White. Um, I now reside in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm actually a conglomeration because I've, I've done, I've been all over. I've been in Memphis and Atlanta. I was created in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but I'm originally born from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, I am 10 years old. 
<laughs> so you're not getting my real age. So I'm gonna make really young and very youthful. Okay. <laughs> and, and as for the person who actually motivated me to be who I am is actually someone who no longer is with us. And it was her name was me, Sean Black, actually. Okay. And I, I once stated before that me, Sean was everything that I was not, but I was in love with her. Um, she was short, I was tall, she was dark, I'm light. That's one of the reasons why my name is White, is because of me, Sean Black. Oh, wow. And I just thought she was a, a, a magnificent creature. And, I, and that's what made me want to do it. And once, when I was, I started off as a male entertainer. And she told me, I was like, I'm too big to be a female impersonator. And she was like, have you seen your face? And people knew I could sew. And she was like, with the combination of your face and the fact that you can sew, you will go somewhere. So that's the reason why I became Ivy White. Now, Ivy, I, I never knew that you started out in, you know, as a male first. So what was, what was your name? Do you remember your name? What's your name? Oh, of course. I was the one name, one letter wonder. I was J. J. Okay. Went from yes. Jay to Ivy White. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, interesting exactly. fact. Interesting fact. And Miss Michelle, what about yourself? Um, well, I actually got interested in pageantry when I attended the first pageant for me, which, if I'm not mistaken, you're asking to go down way far memory lane. Um, mm. Wisconsin Black Universe with a guy named Shaba, um, oh. who at the time I got to see. Um, Oh, my God, who won? I'm having a small... Um, ah, Sasha Valentino won. There you go. Okay. She's a spider woman. And I ran out to the library, and I was addicted to that soundtrack ever since. Um, that got me interested in pageantry. The first person to... Uh, well, going to pageants. The person who got me interested in competing was an ex of mine, uh, Mr. Chaos Armani Black, who used to compete and still does compete for male pageants. So that kind of fueled my interest in pageantry as far as being a practitioner of it. Um, well, I'm, I'm a leap year Pisces, so I've had eight birthdays, literally. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm originally from, well, I'm from Wisconsin, but born and raised in Gary. So it's ironic, Corey and Ivy and I have a lot in common. I'm from Milwaukee, but I was born and raised in Gary. So. Oh, and I'm okay. getting over a cold as well. So, oh, well, we hope you feel better. We know you have a give up very soon. <laughs> I know, it's horrible timing, right? Uh, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> we'll push you. We'll push through. I'm sure. So, uh, oh next, next question is going to go to Corey and Giselle. Okay, I want you to tell us two things that many people don't know about you but something that you're willing to share. It could be you know, a fun fact, but something that um, most people do not know about you. So if you can't give me uh, two things or two facts about you that people don't really know. And we'll start with Corey, and then we'll go to Giselle. Okay, two facts about me that people actually probably don't know is that um, my grandparents raised me. My parents died when I was really young. So uh, our next-door neighbor actually murdered my mother, and my father died in an explosion in the steel mill. And oh, so, wow. Um, I would meet my grandparents. And okay. the other thing that they probably don't know is that um, I can't cook. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your lover does all the cooking? Say it one more time. Okay, so your lover does all the cooking? Uh, pretty much, but 
even we become lazy in our old age. So uh, out back, Ruby Tuesdays, Waffle House does most of the cooking. Oh no! Well, I mean. It, it, it may not be good food, but it's not fattening you up. So, I mean, I, I guess we'll let you slide and continue to eat at Ruby Tuesdays and Waffle House and all that good stuff. Okay, so you're raised by your grandparents, and um, you can't cook. All right. And what about you, Giselle? I'm really trying to think of something that people don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I guess something that, that, well, some people do, but a lot of people don't know Um I was in college marching band. Like I, I guess a lot of people look at me now and and don't feel that I was in. I guess you can say the more masculine, you know, lifestyle. But um, yeah, I was a member of the Southern University marching band for um a couple of years. That's something that uh-huh. people don't know. And I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know, my God. I'm trying to think. Well, well, while you think, I'm going to actually ask Ivy to um, to give us two facts as well, if she does, if she doesn't mind. <laughs> well, I didn't know I was going to get the question. <laughs> well, hey. um, <laughs> well, um, two facts. One fact: um, a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know. A lot of people don't know. I live my life as a male. A lot of people mm-hmm. think that I'm a transsexual, and I like to get it out there and let it be known that I am a female impersonator. I have no work done, no hormones, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing. And the second thing is actually I'm a very quiet person. I'm actually a very shy person. Uh, mm-hmm. Ivy is a lot more outgoing than my true persona. As Jason, I like to sit in a quiet room. I, I'm Unless you speak to me, I don't speak back. I mean, I don't speak to people. And a lot of times people take that as me being um, standoffish, but I'm mm-hmm. really not. I'm just a very shy person. Mm-hmm. I get that. I mean, I get that and I understand that because um, I'm, just, I'm basically the same way. I'm trying to get out of that, actually, um, especially with the show and all and you know, all that good stuff. But uh, I am, I, I, for me, I'm an observer. So I like to just sit back and observe people. And, you know, if somebody speaks to me, you know, I'll speak back, of course. But Exactly. I, you know, but other than that, baby, I'm just looking at the walls and looking at everybody else. So I totally understand. And, Giselle, have you come out with that other fact? Uh, well, yes, to, be, to piggyback off of what she said, um, okay. a lot of people don't know about me is that I'm very, very down to earth. Like, for y'all that know me and who hung out with, with me, can I ask any one of y'all to, like, agree when I say that from what you thought of me prior to actually knowing me is something completely different? Will y'all mm-hmm. agree? I didn't have well, like, I thought you were sweet person, when I so. hang out with you is kind of similar to what I would have thought. You have a beautiful smile and you have a beautiful personality inside and out. So I didn't think that you were different than what I perceived, but you are really down there. I had a ball. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people feel as though that I'm something completely different than what I actually am. But that's what I'm saying. I'm just a very, you know, down to earth person and like I do things that you guys do. I mean, it's just that a lot of times I feel as though um, people look at me and feel as though, you know, I don't go out or, you know, I don't drink and I don't do this and I don't do that or I don't curse. But, you know, I do all of these things that normal people do. You know, that's the You're, you're human. I, you're human. Yes, I'm human, exactly. You're human. Okay, all right. Well, thank you guys for those interesting um, fun facts. And now the um, I'm going to turn the tables over to uh, – we're gonna have Christian start since he's been, you know, since I haven't asked him anything just yet. Um, 
or in the past couple of minutes. So we're going to start with Christian and then Corey, and then we're going to end with Michelle. Um, but what's been the most rewarding moment in your life as well as in your pageant career up until this point? So what's been the most rewarding moment in your life and in your pageant career up until this point? So, Christian, we'll go with you first, Corey, and then Michelle. Okay. Well, I would have to say the most rewarding moment in my life would be uh, finding out that I could dance or, or trying to learn how to dance because that's what actually has saved my life. It's something that, um, you know how you find that one thing and no one in the world can get you apart from that one thing, only you and you know about it and you go to it every time you're feeling blue, you're feeling down, every time you need to feel the type of way that makes you feel other than how you're feeling at the time. That's how I felt when I learned how to dance. So that's was one of the most, you know, life-changing things. And as far as my pageant career, to be honest, um, it was to win Black America because I would always see about, oh, well, Mr. Black America this, Mr. Black America that, and the time that I got to come and witness the national pageant because I didn't come to a junior, it started pretty late. With right. Thing, but I came to the national pageant, and it was like this was really a pageant because you go to pageants, but there's an experience that you feel when you're at a pageant. Like right. You're the way you feel like you're at a show, you're being entertained at all times. And when I came, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a part of it. And when I competed for Black America Newcomer um, and I wasn't successful, I was like, okay, well, I don't give up. I came back and it was life changing. It was a dream. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and so dance and you winning NBA. Okay, wonderful. And Corey, what about you, sir? Um. I would have to say walking across the stage and receiving my Bachelor's of Arts in theater production is one of the most rewarding moments in my personal life. And then pageant-wise, I'm going to, it's a little off the wall, but um, there was a young man in Birmingham, Alabama that called me approximately two weeks after the pageant was over. Um, Mm -hmm when Neo won to explain to me that they had not told their parents that they were HIV positive. But seeing the production that I did for talent gave them the strength and courage to explain those situations to their parents, and they called just to thank me more for that. Okay. Okay. Now, let me ask you, let me go back to the first one as far as the rewarding part, um, uh, moment in your life, um, the bachelor's, um, uh, and, and you, you, you walking across the stage and obtaining your bachelor's in theater production. And, of course, you know, anyone that has were, was at Black America or had watched the DVD or, or whatever the case may be um, could actually see that, you know, there's some theater there, there's some experience there. Um, do you have, because I know that you, um, you're a flight attendant currently, um, do you have any, um, I guess, plans on uh, really pursuing that, that whole theater production um, degree um, in the future or any plans on doing that? You know, I, to this day, I still don't regret going to college. Um, education is something that nobody can ever take from you. However, um, there is no money, and I'm realistic when it comes to life. I like paying my bills. I like actually being able to get a shoe if I want a shoe or go on a vacation if I want to do that. 
And just in that field, there's no money to actually be made. Um, you have to kind of already be in the circle. And it was, I'm not going to say that it was a waste of four years, but it's a, it's a degree that I would never use. So can we can we just say that? Because I, I, I believe uh, no matter what degree you get, you know, in life or whatever the case may be, I, I believe that you really have to have a passion, like a, a true dire passion for, you know, the art in order to really go forth and pursue it no matter, you know, what the, um, you know, what the cost is. So would you say more so the passion isn't there or it's really just the money? You're just not <laughs> because of the money you're not going to. Honestly, honestly, it is the money. To me, um, I stay connected through theater, through this particular um, art form. Okay. It is the money for me. Okay. All right. Thank you. I just wanted to, you know, that was my own personal thing. I just wanted to, you know, (laughs) ask you. Uh, Michelle, darling, you are up. Um, Well, the most rewarding, I guess, personal moments in my life kind of, I don't think there's just one. There's a couple. I guess I'll just name two that jump out. Um, okay. Most of them are just about being comfortable in my skin, which was mm-hmm. something I always wasn't prior to, which hence was part of my transition. Okay. Um, at probably coming out at 13 and telling my mother after watching an Oprah episode where she said basically the best way to do it is just to say it. Hey, this is the fact. There's nothing I can do to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, and having her embrace that. Um, as well as at 20, deciding that, you know what, um, the person that I am doesn't reflect the person that I feel like, and deciding at that moment that, you know, I was going to transition. And two, three years later, making that step to become Michelle Arnaz Holbert and what have you. Um, those two stand out a lot. Most of them are related to my mom, and some of the stuff is uh, intimate or family-related, so right. I it online, but uh, as far as pageantry, um, the most rewarding moment, mm-hmm. uh, kind of twofold, or maybe threefold, but I'll just, I don't know, I'm kind of scattered that way. Uh, winning Black National back in 08, I remember screaming as I was driving away from the venue, like in a state of shock that I had won, and mm-hmm. um, winning Atlanta Divine Continental was by far I was I was speechless, and the moment after Black America, outside when I caught my reflection on the ground with the crown on, I actually like jumping <laughs> up and down doing a gig. Like I, I won. Oh my God! Like I won. So okay. Um, it's it's it, most of them have been about winning, and when I wasn't, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, and Michelle, uh, just another quick question um, in regards to, you know, you being comfortable in your skin, you coming out to your your, um, your mother, and you then turning, you know, turning your life into a different direction of that living, living as a transgender uh, female. So um, as far as, like, your you, – one thing to come out of it, that's one thing, you know. The next thing is, okay, now I want to live my life as a transgender woman, and I don't know if you know, but I did two shows with uh, transgender women so far. Um, what was the hardest part, if there was even a hardest part, in regards to you, um, you know, becoming a transgender woman? What was the hardest part, you feel? Um, the hardest part to me was defining the type of woman you want to be, which is the best piece of advice I've gotten mm-hmm. in my transition. I got very early on from Paris, France. She said, never let anyone else decide for you the type of woman you're going to be because only you can decide that. And yeah. being from the Midwest, I'm very jeans and T-shirt. That's, that's my aesthetic. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. That's 
mm-hmm. how I'm most comfortable, but finding a balance between transitioning from the person I was to the woman that I've become, that was probably um, the hardest step because I didn't have that guidance in so many respects. My drag mother is not a transsexual. She's a boy queen. And so right. um, where she had input, you know, until you walked in someone's shoes, you never can really say for sure how it is. So right. a lot of it was figuring it out for myself and no knocking anyone in this industry. Uh, people weren't as receptive here mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. locally when I was starting out regarding that issue. So a lot of things I had to find out trial and error or ask. A lot of times I asked people who didn't live here for advice and guidance, which is why now I'm adamant about sharing what I know to other people because mm-hmm. knowledge is power, and if you hold it, then it dies with you. What was the point of your trials and tribulations? If you didn't pave the road, then why did you walk the road? Most definitely. Love that advice. I may have to have you on my next transgender show, Michelle, uh, but definitely enjoy that. Um, so let's take a trip back down memory lane, okay? I'm going to start with Ivy first, okay? Uh, Ivy, having competed for Miss Continental Plus several years and coming oh so close to the crown, why did you feel it was necessary to come back to Black America and compete? Wow. Um, Well, a lot of people don't really know, but I actually started my career at Black America. The year Mm -hmm. that Tanisha Iman won, I ran in that. I Mm -hmm. probably, I think I was maybe less than a year into my career as a female impersonator, and I ran for Black America Plus. And I kind of felt like it was going home and closing a door. Okay. Because I've gone out and I've done a lot of things, and I've won things that a lot of people have forgotten about. I mean, I won Sweetheart over 10 years ago. I won Ebony, you know, almost 10 years ago. There are so many pageants that I've won, and the one pageant that I couldn't get the door closed on was Black America. And before I could move forward, or before I even closed that final door, I wanted to make sure I closed all the doors behind me. Okay. All right. Now, do you have any uh, plans on returning to the continental stage? You know, that question has been asked of me a lot lately. And in all honesty, the only thing I can say right now is I am looking forward to a wonderful competition next week. I'm worried about my contestants and how I can best serve the Black America pageant after I give it up. Okay, okay. I I, I can I can I can um, agree and, and respect that. Giselle, and thank you so much, Ivy. Um, Giselle, uh, having not won a single category at Junior Miss when you competed, what did you honestly feel right before the placements were given? Child, <laughs> um, actually, um, standing up there in that moment, and as I watched my face on the recording from that night, standing mm-hmm. in the moment, actually, well, I, I'll take it back further than that. Because even when I was in the back and they were doing the boys, mm-hmm. um, I remember Christian won a category, and then he later went on to be announced as the winner of the pageant. So in my mind, I was just thinking, like, okay, as long as I I win one category, I feel as though, okay, you know, 
I may have gotten. So as I'm standing up there, interview, uh, you know, I was listening, and the first year I did the, the competition, I actually won interview. So when I didn't win interview, I was like, okay, well, you know, it's fine. And then um, sportswear, I didn't win sports, so I said, okay, that's fine. So I said, well, you know, maybe maybe talent. And then when they called talent out, they called female competitor number four, which is me, but they announced Kenya Star. So right. it ended up being her. So I was like, hey, you know, it's fine. Kenya, she's always good for talent. She's always very clean. So I was like, okay, well, maybe evening gown. <laughs> then I didn't win gown either. So in my mind at that moment, in all honesty, I just was thinking to myself, like, it's no way possible that I'm just about to leave out here empty-handed. Like, I, I genuinely didn't feel as though I had did that bad to right. leave empty-handed. So when they got to calling the placements and they said second runner-up and first runner-up, still in my mind, even though I was nervous, I still knew in the back of my mind, like, it, this just has to be it. And then before I knew it, there was number four. And Christian and I were both number four. So, yeah. That's all right. You were number four, and then you became number one. Um, it's interesting because with that, uh, I saw the scores. I knew who had won the pageant um, and, and, and all of that. And just having to really look at you guys, and I was looking at your reaction and things of that nature. But I was really, really, like, honed in on you because it was like, okay, she's not getting no awards. But I wonder, you know, that's what's just going to make the, the moment even better, you know, because at the end of the day you can say, hey, I may not have won a category, but I was right up under each girl that had won something. And that's, right. basically, how it, that's basically how it sells. So, you know, for anybody that's out there listening, you know, you don't have to win every category or a category period to win a pageant. You know, um, it's, it's really all about consistency. Um, I do have someone on the line that wants to say something really, really quickly, and then I'll jump back to the questions. Um, hello, sir. You're on the line with Mike and friends. How are you? Hello, everybody. <laughs> do you guys recognize? Hello. Do you guys recognize this voice? Yes. I told yes. Micah. Hey, I said, "Stranger <laughs> danger." I told Adrian. I told Micah, "Let me in here so I can go to sleep." <laughs> you have no chance. My bedtime. <laughs> Uh, uh, real yeah, quick, I is. just wanted to, it is, it really, it really is, uh, but I wanted to just, uh, I, I waited for this day and I kind of paced myself <clears throat> to be able to just come in and publicly because one of the things people know is that I'm not a public person, so you'll never catch me on the microphone or you'll never catch me out front, but I wanted to be out front of this because one of the things that um, I keep getting a lot of questions from your contestants um as to what it is that made you guys special and what are we looking for in the next reign. And one of the things I keep explaining to each one of them is that I'm not looking for anything different. I'm not looking for anything new. I want America to hear me when I say that what these young people have done, um, I've always told people, it's, it, with Ed Black America under this regime, um, it's never about numbers. It's all about what it is that you put into your reign to serve your community. So everybody that's uh, hearing this voice, hearing my voice today live and those people who are going to download in the future, each one of these uh, young people have given service to their community. And that, for me, is going to be the culmination of a successful reign uh, for this court. Uh, I'll start with our juniors, too. Um, was supposed to give up their title um, 
back in September, and they've been nothing but professional. You know, they've been nothing but uh, professional to myself, my uh, with Sean, uh, with the rest of um, patient. And I want to say to them publicly that I appreciate that. Um, we're going to try to do everything. Uh, our our ultimate goal has always been to make sure that we um, can put on and give you and give the people um, what it is that they deserve, deserve, I'm sorry, when they look upon the brand of black America. Um, the court, um, Ivy, um, Michelle, and Corey, I, I want to say publicly, Publicly to you guys again, thank you. Uh, when I when I was going through some things over the weekend, and I was going through flyers and different things of that nature, and when I saw that our flyers were our flyers throughout your reign, they were a symbol of service. It was a symbol of of you doing something for other people, and doing something for your community. And um, I just want to say to everybody, that is what we are about. And that is what I appreciate about this court. Uh, that's all I had. Uh, Micah, did you have any questions for me before I go? Um, what would you like to tell the people about me? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to stay focused and stay focused on these young people who have worked so hard to become a part of this legacy. And we're going to keep that spotlight on them. Well, thank you so very much, Benny Mosley. You have not been muted, but I definitely appreciate you for calling in, sir. Um, no, but seriously, um, thank you so very much, Benny. I definitely appreciate it. And um, I'm sure you guys appreciated that as well. Did you not? Absolutely. Oh, thank you, Benny. Yes. Thank you, I'm Benny. Truly am, I'm truly blessed. Great. Well, now, Benny, you can go to sleep now, and we'll text tomorrow. All right. Um, but no, that was very, That was very hard. I definitely um, definitely. Uh, Appreciate and respect Benny for um, for saying that. Okay, so let me go back down memory lane to Michelle. Okay, picture it NBA 2013. Your talent music stops during your performance, and you kept performing <laughs> the talent until the very end. Receiving a standing ovation from every person in the building, what was your honest and true reaction after you left that stage? Like, basically, how were you feeling? Um. In the moment, I didn't even realize it happened. Like, it, it took a minute to realize when I was performing, wait, I don't hear anything. Where's my mm-hmm. music? <laughs> and, and then at one point I said, okay, wait, there it is. But, I'm, you know, it, I had spent way too much money. It was, um, you get the one shot in my life to me. You right. can never replay a moment. You can never start over. When we were kids playing with dolls, my sister and I, she would always say do over, but there's no do-over in life. You just keep going and you make the best of the situation. Um, so right after the moment, to me, uh, and I had my promoters uh, come back, the Ebony Pyramid staff come back, as well as board members from Black America to see, you know, was I okay, what was wrong, what happened? And to me, okay, that was one category down. There's nothing I can do to change that. I have a whole other day of pageantry to focus on, and if I lose sight of the goal, then what am I going to accomplish? My as friends of mine will attest to, my philosophy during this reign was obstacles are the things you see when you lose sight of your goals. So that mm-hmm. happens. If I want to win, I can't focus on that. I have to figure out how to work around that to make right. my goal still a reality. And so that was where my mind was. Yeah, I was actually in the back, um, and uh, so I didn't get to see you spot out your, your talent, but then I just heard everybody going up, and I was like, what happened, what happened? So I run to the side of the stage, and there you are performing your, your talent 
with no music, and I was like, oh my god, that was just phenomenal. And that meant you know you knew your talent front was backwards, sideways, all that good stuff. So you always have to be prepared because you never know what may happen on stage. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a, a a moment in time to remember. Can I say something, Micah? Yes. Uh huh. Yes, I was just going to say this to Michelle um, in regards to the talent because, I, of course, I was sitting right there when the music stopped and. I don't know if I ever told you, but before Black America the competition, like I didn't know who Michelle was. Like I honestly didn't. I didn't know who she was. And so, I mean, I don't know if that's just stupid on my part, but I really didn't know who she was. But as I'm sitting there, as I'm sitting there and like looking at her, and I was watching her talent because I was enjoying it from the very beginning. But as the music stopped, of course, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, I know she's going to keep going. But it's like as you kept going, it's like it's like once the music stopped, you took your talent to a complete another level because you knew the music stopped. And for me, watching you and as an entertainer, as an up-and-coming entertainer, I was so inspired by the way you just took control of the situation. And so I just wanted to tell you, coming from me, that, you know, the first impression is a lasting impression. And, and for me, that was my first time seeing you. So I just want to thank you for, like, you know, giving me that moment because I just—I I mean, I just thought it was amazing. If I never told you, so I love you, sister. <laughs> Thank you, Giselle. I, I love you back. And there, no, don't feel stupid at all. There were a couple people sleeping on the experience. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, we're not going to go down memory lane with Christian, but I do want to ask him a question. Uh, Christian, you still here? Uh-huh. Just want to make sure you're still with us. Um, over the past year over the past year, I've gotten from potential junior contestants the quote unquote, I'm not ready to compete just yet. Um, what do you think is needed from the entertainer to know that they are ready to compete for the junior title? Or what makes a person ready to compete in the junior division after so many newcomer titles? Well, there's nothing that really makes you ready to compete. You have to believe in yourself and that's when you're ready. If you stay ready, you don't really have to get ready. So if you're a person who talks and talks the same walk, the walk, you don't have to worry about trying to get ready or being scared or trying to say, oh, this person is coming, so they're going to give it away. Well, if they're giving it away, I'm going to go unread it. So if I don't get crowned, you'll know I'm supposed to get crowned. So if you don't believe in you, others won't believe in you. So don't wait on anybody to say, hey, come and do the pass because you'll never win that way. You just find your dream and you go after it. Right. <laughs> And I definitely believe in you. You find the the the, the pageant, pageantry system or the brand that best fits you, you know, and, and that's going to be able to market you the very best that that, that they can. That's going to be able to, right. to help. Go ahead. What did you say, Christian? My case, you find different things, different brands, because by me writing for North um, for four national newcomer titles, I receive something different from each um, system, and that's something that others have to come within themselves and say, well. I see this in Ebony, or I see this one in Renaissance, but you don't really have to worry about what others are going to think about you doing what you want or what you see in a system. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be shy or timid or scared. Go forward. <laughs> right, most definitely. Um, thank you so very much. So the next question goes to basically all of you, and Benny kind of spoke about it a little bit, um, but I want you guys to, you know, let me know or let the audience know exactly um, what it can boil down to. And uh, that's just for everyone. You know, tell us about the community service work that you guys were involved in throughout your reign and how important it is to be involved in your community as a national title holder. Um, so, you know, Corey, Michelle, Christian, whoever wants to start is fine. I want to go first. 
Okay, go ahead, Christian. <laughs> I enjoyed Christian Kids. Oh, my God. It was so rewarding. And um, we got – it's very important to be in the community because it's something that um, – it humbles you as a person, and it shows that you have – compassion that you do live your life to serve others and to serve your community. So going to Chris's kids, and it was just one individual I'll never forget. His name was Kalen, and he was old. He was four. And once we got there, and I saw that young man, and he reminded me so much of me, and I started to play with him, and I kind of didn't let him go for the whole time we were there. And just to be there in that moment and to be able to change his life or to make anyone smile throughout your day is just very rewarding. So being and the community is something that everyone should try to do as much as possible. It's just mm-hmm. it's, the feeling is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, and Chris Kids, um, you can go to www.chriskids.org for more information. You know, their, their slogan is Unlocking Potential um, to Many. You know, the youth, uh, adults, you know, all of that, you have education and training. They have so many things that they actually promote, um, and they actually need our help. And Chris Kids actually was introduced through our juniors, uh, Giselle, Lord, and uh, Jalen, which I want to give a lot of credit to Jalen because Jalen is the one who found the organization, and I'm so glad that Black America um, continues to partner with Chris Kids. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, it, it definitely um, it makes you feel, you know, a little humble when you're actually um, assisting those that are less fortunate than you are. Um, anyone else would like to tell us about what, you know, what they were involved in? I, I mean, also, since I, I'll go since we're on the Chris kids. Um, mm-hmm. Just like what, what Christian said, that was my favorite community service was the Chris kids just because we were there interacting with, um, you know, other kids that were just less fortunate with us, people, you know, that didn't have a home, people that didn't have families. And just to go there and to do something for them, um, we sorted out clothes, we washed clothes for the kids, um, we um, we did like their storage room. We we did um, a toy area for like the younger kids. I know it was like us and Tommy Ross was um, over there doing that. But just mm-hmm. to do something for someone that's you know younger than you or someone that you feel as though needs help, it, it mm-hmm. was just like a very rewarding feeling. And like that was one of the, I guess you can say one of the moments that I will always remember during my reign was just going there and being in that environment around everyone and being there with the Black American family and the court, it just was um, a fabulous experience, and, and I really enjoyed that. And I was really humbled by that experience because it just lets you know that, you know, nothing is promised to you. There's always somebody that's less fortunate than you. So if you have the opportunity to help someone and lend a helping hand, then by all means do so because you never know what situation you, you know, may find yourself in. Most Amen. definitely. Amen, amen. Anyone else? Corey, Michelle, uh, or, or Ivy? Well, me, myself, I was actually, um, this is Ivy, <laughs> I was a part of an organization here in Nashville, and it's a person named Mac, and it was Mac Productions. And a large portion of what she does is she does things with um, black Gay Pride. She does things with the community itself, as in the gay community, which I think is really important because it's not just the heterosexual community we need to give back to. I think we need to give back to the gay community. One of the things that she mm-hmm. did that I thought was so special was she did a little bit of a seminar, and she talked about stuff with people 
in the industry, people who are just starting out. And it was rewarding for me personally because some people get really confused about what they have to do to be a female impersonator or what they have to be, have to do to be a drag king. And she had a panel of us on stage, and people could ask us questions. And it was nice getting some misconceived notions corrected. You know, not everybody has to do it this way. The way, you know, one person got to the top is not the only way. There's other other paths that can be traveled. And, you know, my path may not be right for everyone, but I have a, a path that is worn down, and other individuals can follow that path or make their own. And that's what I really, really found to be enjoyable when I was talking to these young kids about female impersonation and drag and being a drag king and being on stage. That was very rewarding for me. Okay, great. And what what was the name of the? It was an organization. It's a it's a person. Her name is Mac, uh-huh. and the organization is called Mac Productions. Mac Productions. And, okay. Um, it's here in Nashville, Tennessee, and it okay. really she's a wonderful individual. A lot of times, um, a lot of drag kings and and female to male uh-huh. um, transgendered individuals. They all know of Mac, and. You know, I kind of took to her when I won her. She has a a Miss Gay Pride Tennessee, okay, Miss Pride Tennessee pageant, and I won that. And that's when I first started getting involved with her, and it's just grown, you know, since then. Okay, well, so. thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mac Productions, Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and Corey, uh, I know you you try to chime in. <laughs> uh, well, during the year I was involved. Um, as the others in the Chris Kids um, project. And it really was a rewarding experience because, like I said, my parents died when I was really young, and I had the support of my grandparents and my aunts and uncles, but there are people that literally have nobody, not even the parents that birthed them. And so just to be able to give back um, during the Chris, Chris Kids initiative was really rewarding. Um, we also collected school supplies for um, college freshmen that were entering school for the first time. And I know that being able to go to school is something that is not afforded to everybody, but just because you end um, up with a scholarship does not necessarily mean that you have the necessities to attend college. Sheets. Um, toiletries, all of the things that you would need in a dorm room. And so we collected uh, quite a bit of items, actually, that benefited okay. a young man at Morehouse. Okay, cool. And Chris Kids, uh, I remember when I was promoting um, the Chris Kids organization um, for people to bring items to Black America. Someone hit me up, and he was a friend of mine on Facebook. Um, I hadn't really, I didn't know him just yet. Um, of course, I know him now. You know, we're we're cool or whatever. He lives in Atlanta, but uh, he hit me up and he said, "I'm very proud of your organization. And I'm glad you guys are giving back and giving it back to this organization because this is the organization that um, that I, he said I he stayed at the house or, or, or you know he, he, they helped him uh, for many many years as a kid. So you know that was like, oh my wow, you know we are and he's 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 um, he is gay, but it was something like, okay, yeah, we we're definitely helping um, someone out there, you know. So. Um, I'm. I was, you know, kind of. I, I couldn't make it. I was there. I was there in the um, uh, that weekend. But I had so much going on, so I wasn't able to make it. But I'm um, just looking at the pictures, and I post those on the Facebook page as well. The pictures from when you guys were, you know, helping out, and um, that was just phenomenal. And Michelle, did you have um, any, any last words? 
<laughs> regarding community service? I did. I really enjoyed uh, being of service this year mm-hmm. and trying to make this rain mean something for me and hopefully affecting ripples in the community. Okay. Um, I have to give shout out to Alan, the owner of Blake's in the Park, the Blake staff, patrons, what have you. We're actually mm-hmm. doing a bi-yearly um, food drive. We do in July, we're doing Christmas, or excuse me, Christmas in July, and then in July we're doing Christmas with the Queens to raise non-perishable food items to be donated to Families First, which is the organization that I've decided to, i say, affiliated with even beyond my reign. Um, thank you to Terry in Jacksonville and in Cahoots, the patrons there. We did a Christmas with the Queens back in December. Okay. Not Christmas with the Queens. We did a toy drive there and... Um, there's been a, a couple of other projects, but the last thing that I remember doing was just my birthday. Well, is it at Cam, the 29th that came this year? Um, instead of having people who attended the party bring gifts for me, I actually mm-hmm. had them bring gifts for babies and newborns and infants, to, again, to be donated to families first, because I don't have any real, real needs in life. I'm not without food, shelter, clothing, any of those things. But there are babies who are born all the time whose parents, for one reason or another, aren't able to give them all the things that I had growing up. So I figured that was a way that we could do more than just what we already do because, again, Mm -hmm. Black America is more than just a pageant. So I've really loved being able to do service projects. And thank you, Nicole Page Brooks, for opening my mind to doing things even beyond the community. And for Chris Kitts, because actually doing that during our reunion back in July is what felt so great, and I wanted to keep that feeling going. So that's why I've been right. adamant about doing more as often as I can. Well, good, yeah, and I definitely believe that, you know, we all should continue to give back, and we don't, you know, we don't have to have, be on a platform such as Black America or any other pageant um, right. in order to give back. You know, just give back. You know, it feels good. It feels good. Mm-hmm. It really all does. right. Now, Michelle, Ivy, and Giselle, what's the biggest, biggest misconception about you? Ivy, Michelle, and Giselle, what's the biggest misconception about you? And, Ivy, we'll start with you. Well, I uh, alluded to that before about the fact that I'm actually a very quiet person. The biggest misconceived notion, misconceived um, perception of me is that I am, uh, for lack of better terms, I'm a witch with I'm a witch with a B in front of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that some people perceive because of the fact I'm quiet mm-hmm. and they see that I, I don't jump into a conversation. They, when you talk to me one-on-one, I'm lively, I'm vivacious, I think. And But then you get me in a group of people, I'm kind of standoffish. And people mm-hmm. perceive that instead of saying, oh, you know, Ivy's a quiet person, they immediately go to, which is something that in the gay community we have a tendency to do, we go directly into, oh, she's a witch. Or right. she, you know, she's stuck up. And right. I mean, I, I, this is the furthest from the truth. And I think that's the biggest misconceived notion about Ivy is that I, A, think I'm better than, my, better than somebody or mm-hmm. I'm just an average Joe. And literally mm-hmm. I say Joe. I don't say <laughs> Joanne. I'm an average Joe. Mm-hmm. And I'm a down-to-earth person, you know. I mean, I have a cat and that's my life, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I just believe that, period, no matter, you know, this industry or not, whatever, I, I just believe that people should get to know people for themselves. Versus judging and pointing fingers or, or, or whatever the case may be, you know, we all have our thing, you know, and we're, we all are not, no matter if you get on stage and, you're, you know, you 
uh, do pageants or shows or whatever the case may be, you know, that's just one side of you. You know, so people have to get to know who you are as a person before they go off and kind of judge you and put you in a certain box. So I encourage people to just get to know a person versus, you know, riding off of what somebody else has said or what everyone else said about that person. Make your own assumption of a person. Exactly. Exactly. And what about you, Michelle? What is the biggest misconception about you, darling? Um, that's closest thing I could probably come to. Cause I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of times the perception that other people have of me, mm-hmm. unless we've had dialogue along that line, mm-hmm. um, would probably be that um, because I strive for um, thirst, I have a thirst for knowledge, that that mm-hmm. somehow translates to taking some superior road to other people whereas I really don't. I'm a meat and potatoes kind of a girl, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't look down on you for where you are in life. I accept you. As in turn, I want to be accepted and respected because I'm going to demand the respect first um, for mm-hmm. where I am. So I think that might be the misconception if that I could come as close to that other people have of me is because of how I carry myself that I may think I'm better when, in fact, I'm not. I'm just trying to be the best me I can, and that okay. isn't a representation of other people. It's just a representation of me. All right. Well, thank you. And what about you, Giselle? Um, I really think a lot of times being a um, current reigning queen, and this, is, and this is for any system, I feel as though just being a current reigning queen, a lot of times people will have a misconception of who you really are just because of, you know, your on-stage persona. And mm-hmm. and like I was saying, you know, like we're just normal people like with me, and like she was saying, people perceive me to be a B-I-T-C-H a, a lot of times. And I'm very shocked when I hear that. And, I, like, I'll meet I a lot of too. people in clubs and stuff. And, you know, we'll, like, talk and have conversations. And by the end of the conversation, they're like, oh, okay, you know, you're a really cool girl. You know, oh, I didn't expect for you, you know, to be so open. Or, like, I didn't expect for you to sit here and have a whole conversation with me. So it's just, like, I really just want people to know that. I am approachable, you know what I'm saying? If you, you know, you can come to me, you can talk, we can have a conversation, we can go out, we can have a drink, we can do this, we can do that. Um, you know, I just want people to know that, you know, we are human when we are regular people. Just because we are affiliated with the black America system and, you know, there's much legacy and stuff involved in it, it doesn't mean that we think that we're better than anybody else. Right. And that's all I want to say. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Giselle. Um, I didn't have any of those um, <laughs> notions about you guys, but I'm sure, you know, there's somebody out there that did. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, may, you may not, but a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure they had their mis, you know, misconceptions about myself. But anyway, uh, Corey and Christian, I have a good question for you. What do you think is the biggest misconception about NBA? Uh, I go. <laughs> That question is uh, one that I actually had a conversation with Sean about, but um, there is the thing that black America is a cult. Yes. Yes, the cult. They're being cultish. And I I think that what they fail to realize a lot of times is that we really do accept one another for who we are, and so mm-hmm. it, a family bond is created. The bond mm-hmm. for this court, I really believe, was our trip to U.S. today um, to do the national work. Fabulous five. Mm-hmm. And we realized that 
<laughs> the perceptions that we even had of each other were really not the people that we were. And so we, we started accepting each other for who we were and, you know, just kind of like everything was fabulous and we coined ourselves the Fab Five. And it's the same throughout the entire system. Like everybody has a legacy that they believe in and because there is that common bond, the kinship is more prevalent than it is in other systems. So the cultish um, moniker has been given to us, but it really is not the truth. We're just a family. Yeah, that's the further. I mean, I mean, I, when I heard that, I was like, excuse me, what? You know, and I've been a part of the system for uh, some years, almost 10 years. The next year will be 10 years. I started out with um, uh, Natasha Braxton and Xavier um, Mays and uh, Deception. So I started out with them, and it's really, it really is a family. And there's a lot of systems out there that, that are families. You know, you just have to become a part of it, and then you'll, you'll really see. But, Colt, please, never that. Um, and, Christian, what about you? What, what do you think? Well, I won't call it a cult, but I think the biggest misconception uh, about Black America is that it's perfect, or that it 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 on this 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 platform or this that it is a national system, and we do strive for excellence. Um, excellence is an outstanding feature. It's not saying we're perfect and things are always right and things always go right, and that the family doesn't have fallout because that will happen within a family in itself. It's just natural for things to happen, but for them to feel like Oh, well, they think they're perfect, and then when something does happen, it's because of what they've already put in their own heads, they get mad at us or start to read the system. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. the conception is that it's perfect. It's not perfect, but we strive for excellence. Okay. Definitely understand that. Now, um, uh, Giselle and Christian, as the juniors of the Black America uh, Pageantry System, what did you learn about yourself throughout your time? as a national representative. So what, what some, what's something that you learned about yourself that you didn't know prior to um, being a part of the, of the family? I learned, I'll go, Giselle, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I learned that I'm a stable individual who really supports myself, and I invest within myself as an entertainer. And I learned that because with Black America, you have to be that in order to um, have a successful reign or to be able to uphold or withhold the standards and the morals that everyone expects of you as a black American king. So I learned to that I am a man and I am doing what um, a lot of people desire to do or aspire to do. And for uh-huh. me to be in that position, it took that to see that in myself. So that's what I've learned. <laughs> okay. And um, Giselle? I mean, yes, once you become a part of this system, it really does make you see different things in yourself that you didn't know was there. And Mm -hmm. once I became a part of the system, it really let me know that I can really achieve anything that I put my mind to. Like, Benny is always, you know, telling us that. And he always tries to, you know, put that in our mind that, you know, we can go as far as we really want to go. So being Black America Junior Miss and really having – the opportunity to, you know, travel, meet all these different people, but still at the same time, what did I say? And still at the same time, I'm sorry, Micah. Oh, you're fine. You you lost, you lost your train of thought? No, because no, I'm actually getting kind of emotional because 
Oh. What a lot of people don't know is during this reign, I really went through a lot in my own personal life. Okay. But still at the same time, being around these people and just being around Christian and just knowing that I had the support of the black America system when mm-hmm. I really needed it the most, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just really lets me know that there is always, that this system is, is none other this system is always going to be one that, you know, going to be there, you know, forever to, like, have my back. When I need somebody to call, I can call. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's just really, it really hits closer to my heart when I think about the system. And, you know, and I'm not over-exaggerating this at all. Like, it, it really, really, really is a family, and you are really surrounded by people that love you. And that goes from the current reigning court all the way to the former to the promoters. And so, you know, I, I'm just really grateful to, like, have had this opportunity because I know there are so many other girls that wanted to be in the position that I'm in. So for me Most to be able to, you know, win this system and just gain so much respect from other people and to have people tell me that, you know, this is who you are and you can still leave this and go on to do something else and still to have that support, like, it's just it's amazing. Most definitely. I mean, I would say, and I tell this to um, a lot of people, you know, Benny Mosley goes, he bends his back for the system. You know, um, he has a passion like no other when it comes down to uh, the, the art form of female impersonation and, and male lead and just pageantry, period. He does have a passion, a true passion for it. And when you have passion for things, it it makes you do even more above and beyond. And, and even I would tell you know, uh, spectators, when they, um, you know, when it comes down to black America, like, trust me, when Benny thinks of it, when he has his vision and he thinks about the pageant, you know, itself, he thinks about the spectator first. And he, he wonders what would they think, what would they, you know. So I have to give my kudos to him because I can even attest, you know, there's been times, baby, you know, years ago when I needed help, um, whether it be financial help or just, you know, I needed someone to call or to depend on or whatever the case may be, Benny was like that, that big brother that I could depend on um, to, to help me out. So I truly, truly understand what you're saying, Giselle. We, uh, we're glad that we have you. I'm glad that I was able to, to walk along, alongside both you and um, Christian throughout your reign. Uh, I'm going to miss you guys, but hopefully I don't tear up. If you don't know, have to give up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I totally understand it. And, of course, as you go on, you're going to learn something. But just know that we're always here. You know, Black America is always going to be here. And family, family should never leave you and we'll never leave you guys. So if you ever need any help or you just want to talk or whatever the case may be, or, you know, just, just call me up or call us up. Now, um, this is to my national court. This is to um, Ivy, um, Michelle, and Corey. Um, in, in, in interview every year, no matter what the contest, so it doesn't have to be Black America, be whatever, you know, in, in interview every year, um, contestants seem to give a list of things that they want to accomplish as national title holders. Did you provide a list or a platform during your NBA interview? And if so, what was the platform and did you succeed in your endeavor? I'll repeat that one more time. In interview every year, contestants seem to give a list of things that they want to accomplish as a national title holder. Um, in your interview, did you provide a list um, or a platform? And if so, what was that platform, and did you succeed in your endeavor? Uh, we'll start with Corey and then go to Ivy and then Michelle. So anybody that knows me knows that I am very passionate about giving back to um, this art form in the form of 
um, trying to provide assistance to those affected with AIDS and HIV. Our platform was the Baja Foundation. But what I discovered is that during Now, Corey, I'm going to stop you right there. Um, are you on a speakerphone? Because <laughs> you sound so distant. Okay, probably about rich. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to take care of something real quick. And oh, okay. <laughs> but I'll take you off to uh, answer the question and then go back to what I'm doing. Yes, okay, okay. All right. I apologize. Can That's you hear okay. me now? Yes, yes. Go ahead and right. answer, then you can <laughs> go ahead. All right. So um, I'm very passionate about trying to give back to this art form because, unfortunately, it is an art form um, and, and the chosen career path for many that does not provide health insurance, it does not provide a 401k, and there are times when entertainers find themselves in situations where they need financial help. And my platform was the Bosnian Foundation, but what I discovered is that during a national reign, mm-hmm. the time that it would take to actually put the, put into um, fruition the actual foundation just was not possible. However, I did go ahead, um, I sent with the grant writer, and I am prepared to submit paperwork for a 501c3 at the end of my reign. But it just okay. that was possible to do during a reign because anybody that knows knows I'm not like really an entertainer, entertainer. And so learning songs and getting new clothes and still traveling the world as I do professionally just did not provide the time for that. Okay. No, but you know what I, what I appreciate about anyone is that, you know, again, it takes a lot of work, you know, to do a lot of things, you know, and, and especially something that big, it's, it's definitely going to take work. But what I appreciate about any, I don't care what system it is, about any former or king or that turns into a former, when it's case may be, is that you still stick with the system. It's not, oh, I got the crown, oh, I, I passed it over, now I'm done. It's about also giving back because that is your system, that is your family. So, you know, you got to take care of your family too, you know. So I appreciate you starting or, you know, whatever is about to happen after the rain because I think that is what's going to imprint your legacy on black America for the most part, you know. So appreciate that. Um, Ivy? Well, in interview, I told them ahead of time, I'm not going to make you a list of promises because I don't, you can't say I failed if I don't give you um, a list of things. I, I, I want to learn from you. And I told Benny, you know, you tell me what you want me to do and I will help you. Now, during the interview process, they mm-hmm. did ask me about my platform and, and what I was talking about as in being more than just a pageant mm-hmm. and what I was working with. I told mm-hmm. them in an interview that I was a part of Matt Productions. Mm-hmm. And during, before I won, when I won, and still to this day, I'm still a part of that organization. And I think that some people in this area know about it. And even um, when I was talking about it in interview, Benny actually was nodding his head and smiling because he knows of Mac mm-hmm. and all the good things that she does. And so the one thing that I can personally say is I kept true to what I said I was going to do as for my community service and and being there as a queen for them. I mean, like I said, I'm there. I'm only as good of a queen as they think I am. I can think I'm phenomenal, but if they think I'm horrible, that's 
the wrong thing to leave. And so my whole thing was, whatever you wanted me to do, I'll do. And that's what I think I've done as the queen. Um, whatever they've asked me to do, I've tried my darndest to make sure that I fulfill those obligations. Thank you, Ivan. We actually appreciate that as well. Um, Michelle, what about you? Um, during the interview process, <clears throat> excuse me, as during the interview process, then he asked me about um, my brand, and he mm-hmm. said, does my brand sync with Black America's brand? Um, and I felt like it did then and it still does, and hopefully will continue to, because my platform was actually showcasing the positivity of the T and the LGBT community because the aspect that most people have of the T uh, isn't one that's necessarily favorable. Um, right. In some instances, i.e., a lot of people think that um, – Transsexuals are just uh, girls who work in the sex industry or are limited in so many aspects, and then we're not. I -hmm. think there needs to be uh, more of a vocal presence of the positive aspects of it so that people don't just see it and automatically go negative or Mm -hmm. have negative thoughts. It's like with any particular uh, genre or niche or uh, community, the more exposure you have to it, the less um, polarizing it will be, and if those moments that you see it, it's all or see us, it's always in a negative light. Then you will always attribute transsexuals in a negative aspect. So my goal was, still is, and will always be, um, to just show an alternative, which is something I talked about in an interview and in life in general. So. All right. Well, thank you so very much, and thank you for sharing the positivity for the transgender community. Even though I'm not transgender, I am so for them, and I, you know, as many times as I can have them on to, to talk about. Um, certain things in life and, you know, all of that, I mean, I, I do it. I mean, my my other two transgender shows were hits, you know, and um, mm-hmm. they learned from each other. You know, they learned a, a lot about each other. And, you know, transgender women really know, they know, you know, it's, it's, they're sisters of some sort, you know, that they know each other's uh, struggles. Some, some have had it, you know, worse than others, but, you know, there is a bond there. So we definitely thank you, uh, Michelle, for, for doing that and continue to do that. Um, I appreciate it. Um, let's see where I want to go because I do want to take some calls from um, some uh, calls from the listeners. Um, let's say where do I want to go? What questions do I want to ask? Okay, uh, I'll ask this to Corey and Giselle. Uh, if you could change anything about your reign as Mister Black America and Black America Junior Miss, what would it be? And give us a reason as to why the change. And no pageant cliche answers, please. So if you could change anything about your reign uh, as Mr. Black America and Black America Junior Miss, what would it be? And just give us a reason as to why the change. Um, the change that I would probably want for my reign would have been that uh, visibility. Um, I was not the most visible Mr. Black America. However, I don't think that a lot of people understood that there were health issues that actually took place. And that's not to excuse the fact that I was not visible, but mm-hmm. just um, was the justification for what it was. If I, you know, in the hospital, there's no way possible that I can um, attend a national walk. And right. so I really think that um, my health and just the visibility portion of my reign is something that I would have changed if I could. Okay, it's not a problem. And, you know, health is very important. It should be number one, so definitely understand that. And what about you, um, Miss Black America, well, Black America Junior Miss? I would say the same. I mean, it was a lot of places that I did want to go to, you know, and it was mm-hmm. a lot of events that I did want to attend. 
But, you know, because of my work schedule, I couldn't go there. So, I mean, if I had to change anything about it, it would, you know, it would be that. Because, I mean, other than that, like I said, the experiences that I've had throughout my reign have really made me into the person that I am right now. So, I mean, really, it's nothing I would change other than that. I just wish I could have done more than I did. Wow. Totally understand. Uh, Ivy and Michelle. Um, I believe prelims are certainly necessary for national competitions, and the both of you competed at preliminaries prior to competing at Black America, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what do you think is needed within black pageantry to allow prelims to flourish again, and how, as a national title holder, have you marketed to interested promoters? Okay. Um, what I think would probably need to happen in order for us in the um, – African-American community to help make preliminaries flourish is to close off national pageants for contestants who don't have preliminaries. Because if you're, in fact, wanting to be a part of a system, but yet you don't patronize that system, how can you then, in turn, say you want to be a part of that system, which is no different than people who ask for booking to venues they never attend? You know, it kind of goes hand-in-hand, one washes the other. Right. That, to me, would probably be the one thing what have I done to try to say the second part again? Um, you know, I don't flip the page, girl. Um, no, okay. I can synopsis. I, I said basically, um, you know, da, 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 da. and how, how as a national title holder have you marketed to interested promoters? Um, well, I uh, actually had three different preliminary um, – or two, three different preliminary parties interested, mm-hmm. um, which – was handled through someone else. Uh, okay. Denise said that he doesn't want the court handling that there is someone affiliated with Black America on our board who handles mm-hmm. uh, prospective preliminaries. Promoters. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly, preliminary interested promoters. Um, but again, in conversations that I've had with Benny, he's explained that Black America isn't a slave to the prelims, though they are wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Our system is still open. If you don't have a preliminary to compete, i.e. contestants, if you're still interested. Hello, hello, hello. Compete, <laughs> always about a plug. Okay. Um, but that, that's the one thing I did. I did reach out, and mm-hmm. uh, they unfortunately didn't come to fruition, but that's not to say that they won't happen. They just didn't right. happen. All right. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much, darling. And I'm going to uh, give, oh, let's see. I think I might have one question. I think it's Oh, Ivy. Oh, I'm sorry, girl. Go ahead, Ivy. Oh, wow. Well, actually, I I have to piggyback on what my sister just said, because to be honest with you, I truly believe to be a part of Mm -hmm. the system. The reason why I, at the time when I ran for my prelim, which was Mm -hmm. Albert, and and I knew who I wanted to be a part of, not only Black America, I wanted to be a part of Albert, because he is a wonderful man. And it crushed me that he didn't have his prelim this year, but I understand how you've got to take time out for yourself in this world. But in order to be a part of a system, you you have to be a part of the system. So Mm -hmm. I honestly believe that that maybe not closing it off, so to speak, but something that I had actually talk to Benny about, and maybe one day it will happen. I don't think that anybody should be penalized for not competing in a competition, but those individuals who did compete in the competition, I mean, a prelim, I think they should get um, kudos points. I think that there should be an administrative point or two or five given to that individual who took the time out their life to participate in a prelim. Excuse me. They go into the pageant with an extra three points or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's fair because if you really want to be a part of it, that you're going to say, I'm going to take the time out and do this. Or you're going to say, I am so sure of myself, I don't need those three extra points. Either way, you feel one way or the other. You feel a positive way about it. Either you feel mm-hmm. like you're so strong that you don't need those three points, mm-hmm. or you feel, you know what, I want to be a part of this system, so I'm going to take the time out and actually run for the prelim and get the extra kudo points just for being a part of, you know, the system that is in the process of building um, for that next year. And as for me, myself, you know, Benny makes a point, you know, I'm the face of the pageant. I mean, it's up to them to do that kind of stuff. I wanted to make sure that whenever the public saw me, that I was the face of black America. And I I don't know if I was successful or not, but I like to believe that I was. Whenever anyone saw me, I was available to speak with, and I was always, you know, dressed appropriately and always in my black America mode. You know, I was the brand of black America for this past year. And I kind of like like to believe that's me anyway, but I wanted to make sure that I shined superior for that time period. And that's what I did. All right. Well, thank you so very much, Ivy. I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't mean to. I just forgot. I just I, maybe because you had just spoke, I thought that oh, you already. Spoke. I don't know. But uh, oh, I apologize. Okay. But quiet. thank you. <laughs> but thank you again for um, for that response. Um, I'm going to give this to Corey and Christian. I'm going to give it to Christian first, though. Um, Christian, Junior is right around the corner. Junior, Junior is going to be March 14th um, at Spivey's Creation Room in Decatur. Um, but what what is the um, the best piece of advice? that you can give those young men that will be registering to compete on next Friday at 11 a.m. Got to plug that in there. Uh, what, what's the biggest, the okay, what's the biggest piece of advice that you can actually give to, to those men that are aspiring and will be competing to become the next Black America Junior? Well, it's simple, and it's just to be yourself and to believe in you, as I stated earlier, because that's the number one thing to me, to believe in yourself and to just come in knowing that no matter what happens, I'm a winner because I believed in me, and I did everything that I wanted to because I believed in me. So to just come in, and from the beginning, you have to go ahead and own it. Like, you have to know I'm here with a purpose, a mission, and a cause, and I'm here to execute. And you do that from the time you step out of your car from registration to the time you go to change clothes for crowning. You know, you just always have to be... um, you just have to be whoever you believe in, and that should be you. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, just be yourself. Yeah, most definitely be yourself. Step on that stage, own it. I mean, everybody's prepared equally. Everybody spent money, you know. So just believe yeah. in yourself. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I think we would say, oh, wow, I spent this amount. And this person, well, I spent that. Everybody spent money to do the pageant, sweetheart. You know, everybody's, exactly. everybody's put their money in. So put your best foot forward. And like I've told every contestant, is that at the end of the night, you will have gained an experience. Even throughout the entire weekend, as you say, you know, for the most part, you're going to have an experience. And that experience, I hope, is a positive experience, and I hope that that experience uh, teaches you something throughout your remainder of competition throughout the year if you decide to compete for something else, if you're not fortunate to win. But also, you know, it may propel you to come back even stronger because um, we do have some contestants that are returning. So um, most, that's my piece of advice as well. Um, and what about you, Corey? What's the, what's the best piece of advice that you would give to the young men or the, the men, the gentlemen that are be competing for Black America on Saturday and Sunday? Um, there's always people that are trying to put 
you into a box. Mm-hmm. And my advice to anyone that's coming on next weekend is basically to know your lane, stay in it. Don't let anybody tell you who you're supposed to be, because I wasn't supposed to be Mr. Black America material, but I will forever be Mr. Black America 2013. Know who you are, stand confident in that, and let nobody change what you've spent your lifetime building. Exactly. That's profound. I like that. I really do. Um, Michelle, Giselle, and Ivy, um, as a national title holder, it does seem like people attempt to lend constructive criticism, but the result is usually a negative rant about what you aren't doing as the queen. Um, how have you handled negativity, if any, you know, during your reign, um, when it pertains to your reign? So how have you actually handled any negativity that has come your way that was supposed to start out as constructive criticism, but then it turns into something negative? So so how did you guys, or how did you handle that throughout your reign? And Ivy, you can go, Giselle, and then Michelle. Wow. Um, to be honest with you, I mm-hmm. never really experienced a lot of negativity. Okay. Um, I, I think that I'm used to a nine-to-five. Mm-hmm. And I'm used to people expressing their opinion to me. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is I'm the queen for one year, mm-hmm. and this is your pageant. So my whole thing is the way you want your pageant to go, you just tell me, and I follow that direction. Now, mm-hmm. I will veer off, and I'll, I'll make sure that Ivy has a statement. But the reality of it is is that I don't view things as negative or positive. I view it as basic criticism. So okay. if I agree with it, then I say, okay, fine. If I don't agree with it, I'll express my opinion, and I keep on moving. But after after I, like I said, I understand this is yours. So I'm just borrowing it for a year. Mm-hmm. So I'll make sure that however you want it to be done, I'll do it. I don't have to agree with everything in order to do it. I just have to do it. But what about, like, let's take it um, from the, the board or the owner's perspective. Let's go back. To, let's go to and what I'm really implying is really about the, the masses, you know, the people that support or don't support, you know, um, the system or, or whatever the case may be. Like, how, you know, did you, did you, were you forced, um, were you faced, excuse me, with any um, uh, negativity? Um, if you were, you know, how did you really handle that? Or if you weren't, you know, that's, that's perfectly fine. I just wanted to know, you know, how I mean, how I, like I said, it. I really wasn't faced with any kind of negativity. The only thing, I think one time someone said something, and like I told them, mm-hmm. you know, the reality of it is, is that, I stand before you a veteran in this business, mm-hmm. and I, I know what I want to do for Ivy. Right. Now, as Ivy, Miss Black America Plus, then everyone has a right to say what they want to say, and, and I can take that, and I can grow upon it, or I can take it and, and be bitter. I'm not going to be bitter about too many things in this world. So right. I didn't experience a lot of things. What what I was told, I think mm-hmm. in the one instance someone said something, I took it. I processed it, and I released it. I, I, I mean, you know, it did, I, I won't say I agreed with it, mm-hmm. but I didn't agree upon Ivy White. Right. Ivy White and Ivy White Miss Black America Plus. At my daytime job, I am Jason, and mm-hmm. there's some things I agree upon for Jason, but then again, I'm getting a paycheck from my job, so there right. are, I have 
bite my tongue. Yes, you do. <laughs> you you need to go ahead and agree with them and just say, okay, fine, keep on going. It doesn't mm-hmm. change who I am as a person. So, you know, what they, what the person said, I took it for what it was worth. I said, thank you, and I kept on moving. I processed it. And, you know, at the end of the day, did it change my world? No. Did it hurt my world? No. So, okay. I mean, that's what a lot of people, especially in this industry, need to realize and understand. You, you, you run in the pageant to become that person's queen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not Ivy White Queen. I'm Black America's queen. Mm-hmm. So I need, to, I need to do what they want me to do. I'm, like I said before, I'm not a success if Ivy says I'm a success. I'm a success if the owners and the, and the board says I'm a success. Okay. And I hope you believe that. Get that old stamp. Oh, most definitely we do, Ivy. Most definitely get that old stamp of approval. You have arrived. Uh, but thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> but thank you so much, Ivy. And Giselle, um, well, like she said, I mean, I really didn't experience any. Not I, well, I experienced some negativity. It wasn't like too too much to an extreme. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though that when people think about the word legacy, there's a misconception there. I think mm-hmm. people feel as though legacy is something that's passed down. And I think people feel as though when you're trying to uphold a legacy, you have to be just like the queen that was before you. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to let people know that that is not the truth. When you are the queen, you set the standard for your reign. You know, you have mm-hmm. to be your own person in your reign. I'm not going to do with the person before me did the exact way that she did it because if I did, then I wouldn't be, you know, making my reign my reign. I wouldn't be setting, um, placing my own legacy out there. So at the same time, even though I didn't experience any negativity, I still mm-hmm. feel as though that people looked at me and sometimes felt as though I should have did this the way that the person before me did it. And, like, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm mm-hmm. here to do a job. And like I just said, as long as the promoters, are happy with what I'm doing, and as long mm-hmm. as I'm doing what I can and it's within my means to do it, then mm-hmm. I feel as though I've done all that I can. And I definitely had more positive feedback than negative. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm satisfied with what I did. I hope everybody else is satisfied with what I did. And, I mean, I just look forward to, you know, sharing that farewell moment with everybody um, on next Friday and to, you know, just really have that feeling of being rewarded from, this year and uh, some odd months, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. I, I remember you guys getting the, I mean, me and Christian had talks and, and things. You know, I, I think that's going to be natural. You know, I think it's going to be the president's going forward, and I think that's in pageantry period. You're always going to, I mean, Ivy can definitely, uh, I'm sure, uh, attest to it, you know, being, you know, in, in the industry for, um, for a long time is the fact that, you know, you're always going to be compared, especially no, well, you're always going to be compared to the last queen. No matter mm-hmm. if the last queen was good, awesome, great, amazing, or even if she was bad, you're always going to be compared because they're going to say, hey, Ivy was better than this queen, or Ivy wasn't as good. It's, it's, I mean, that's just the way that it's set up in this industry. But the nature like you of the said, beast. It's how you right. take information and how you process that information. Exactly. And just make it your own. Make your own legacy. Because remember, you're creating, you're building your brand. At the end of the day, especially if you want to be, continue to be in this particular industry, you want to make sure that you build your brand, that you hone in, you know, your special talents, that you do everything within your power 
to make it great and make your brand a household name. So when you move on to another system, people will love to have you a part of their system. You know, it's all about building and, and making what you have work and learning from those experiences. So trust me, I, I remember all that, but, you know, we can say they're not comparing anymore, Giselle. So uh, <laughs> we could definitely say that. And, Michelle, last um, but certainly not least, you, I'm going to have you um, – Give me your um, your response, and then callers, if you have, I do have some callers that are listening, so if you have any questions, go ahead and press 1 for me right now. Press the number 1. If you have any questions whatsoever for the court, you can um, definitely do that uh, now, and I'll acknowledge you in just a second. So, Michelle, um, how have you handled negativity in any fashion when it pertains to your reign? Um, any that really was presented to me, um, and there wasn't a whole lot, um, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of little small incidents that may have come my way, but... Mm-hmm. Um, how I handled it was I relied on a piece of advice I was given early on when I was still at the start of the century from Siobhan Scott, another former mm-hmm. Black America queen, and she mm-hmm. said to play the record all the way out. You know, listen to what people have to say, process it. See if their words have merit. If it does, then act accordingly, and if it doesn't, disregard it. You don't have to always um, jaw jack or go back and forth with people based on what they feel. It's their opinion doesn't make them entitled to it, but they have it. So you can take it. You don't have to necessarily transpose that over your life, but take it, listen to them, because this is what they feel, and obviously given this is part of the service industry, other people's opinions matter. In essence, you're performing or you're reigning for the public, so your public is your audience. That is part of your demographic, your main demographic for the most part. So um, that's how I handle it. I, I listen to the things. Uh, the few things came my way, and I listened and decided if it had merit. If it did, I applied those parts I felt like it didn't. If it didn't, I set it back on the shelf and refused to take someone else's baggage on as my own. So. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so very much. And um, what we're going to do is going to go ahead and – Chris, you're a mess. I'm not very good. Um, we're, going, we're going to jump right into uh, one of our callers on the line, um, 504, the last four tele- – the four, Excuse me, the last four digits of the telephone number is 1453. Again, area code 504, the last four digits of the phone number, 1453. You are now on the line with Micah and Friends. Could you please state your name, where you're calling from, and your question, please? Hi, this is Tyler. I'm calling from Baton Rouge, actually. Um, My question is, the word revival means to improve the condition or strength of something. What do you think that NBA needs to improve, if anything, or what do you think is missing? Good question. Anybody want to answer? <laughs> I know, Boyd, hello. Um, in regards to the revival and to prove, in life there's always room for improvement. Um, my dad always told us, you know, if I got five A's and a B, well, you could have got all A's. So at no point are you perfect in that. If I'm not mistaken, Tommy Ross just sent out a text message about perfection and something along the lines of striving for it and it not being necessarily attainable. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Um, yeah, search for perfection, your search will be endless. So there's always going to be room for improvement. And given the definition you used, the, the definition you used for revival was improvement. There's going to always be something that could be improved on as we strive for perfection, which ultimately won't be attained. I don't remember the first part, though. I apologize. 
I was just asking, what do you think that black America may need to improve, if anything, or what was it missing? At best, I would think there would probably need to be uh, a little more open dialogue with the community at large. I think I find during my reign people have had a lot of questions that they've presented, and it seems like they may have presented in the past. I don't know. I can only speak of the conversations that I've had with people, whereas uh, their perception of the direction or um, the vision that is, in fact, um, being displayed or the vision that we're progressing on, they're a little confused about mm-hmm. that. So I would just say the only thing I could think of would probably be um, more and open lines of communications with the public at large so that oh. symbols aren't set aside in regards to, I think that I also cut back on that cult-ish aspect that people keep associating the system with. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. So did it answer your question? I'm sorry, what was your name, darling? It was Tyra. All right. Thank you so very much, Tyra. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so very that's much. Tyra. <laughs> that's Tyra. That, did that answer the question? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it did. I, I think it did. Uh-huh. And if not, we'll we'll deal with Tyra later. But thank you so very much, Tyra. That let me tell you about that Tyra now. We don't have that Tyra. That Tyra. I love her to death. Um, and that is a fact. Uh, we have another caller. Area uh, code three three four. Last four. The telephone number is. Um, 0806. Again, area code 334. Last for the telephone number 0806. You are now on the line with the Micah and Friends. If you can, please state your name, where you're calling from, and your question, please. Good evening, everyone. My name is Antonio, and I'm calling from Biloxi, Mississippi. Hi, Antonio. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I have two questions. Uh, my first question um, is for the juniors. Being that you're arranged. Mm-hmm was fulfilled and at its end, and the pageant was postponed for almost six months and with little presence or, and promotions from the both of you. Do you think it will hinder, hinder the um, contest on next week or as competitors? Well, I'll go first. And I don't think it will hinder it at all because it was great to everybody, actually, that it was put back for six months because it gave everybody time to come a little harder than they already were. But if something is your dream or if something is something that you really want to go behind or something that you really want to attain, even though it's pushed back, you know, sometimes the time just isn't right. So, like, just because the timing is on the time that you wanted it to be doesn't mean it won't happen. So if you really want to be a part of the system, um, it being pushed back wouldn't be a hindrance. In the presence of us, I mean, we both have lives and we talk with the system and we and they understood that, okay, we're pushing the pageant back, but we're not making you do anything that you can do outside of your normal life. And we just thank God that we were able to be doing something in our normal life. So that wouldn't, um, I don't think it would derail anyone or it would make anyone just not want to come do it. If you want to be a part of Black America, Black America, I'm sorry, Black America is going to be here. Right, like he said, um, actually by them pushing the passion back, it did give more contestants time to um, actually prepare for the competition. So actually the contestant list went up. Um, as far as us, I know, like I said earlier, if it was one thing that I could do or that I could change, it would be to have made it to more events. But like I was saying, you know, due to my work schedule, I couldn't 
Um, I know Christian, you know, is very involved in, in, in dance and in his studio and stuff, and with him moving to a whole other state, you know, it just was a lot going on in our personal lives. And, and actually by this time, you know, we had planned to already have given the title up. But, you know, we just had a lot of other things set in place for after September, which is really the main reason why we couldn't really do as much as we wanted to after um, that time period. But, um, I mean, as far as the confession goes, like he said, if it's something that's in your heart and it's something that you really want to do, you're going to be there regardless. Like I know a, a good bit of contestants that have really been preparing since last year, and, you know, they have still been continuing to get prepared. So, I mean, I'm just really anxious to see, you know, what um, everybody's going to bring to the table. So, And, and I can, mm-hmm. before um, Antonio asks his second question, which I would assume is to the national court, um, I will just go on record and say, you know, you, they fulfilled their reign. Um, conversation was basically, you know, we let them know we're still going to honor you. We're still going to honor you as the juniors because you are still the juniors. But uh, if Christian wasn't at the event to do the national walk, Giselle was and vice versa. So they basically met their agreement or their contract within their, within their first year. They just continued to hold the title for the remaining six months. Um, and mm-hmm. so they weren't obligated to. If they couldn't be it, why do a double showing, you know, of the, of the same thing? So if they were able to make it, great. If not, it's okay because they've already, made, they've already held their um, or they met their obligation for their, their one year or their 365 days. Um, so I'll clear that up. Um, and what was the second part, uh, Antonio, or the second question? Well, just to comment back on what was said right quick, I'm totally aware uh-huh. that they met their obligation. My, my only concern was that they feel it would have hindered the system. So I'm, I'm aware of um, they, they feel their obligation, and they know they were moving forward until the new date for the pageant. But mm-hmm. on to the well, national yeah. court. I think I heard um, Corey Iman give his response, but um, I'm not sure if I heard Michelle or Ivy. Um, based off being the um, national representative for Black America, do you feel that you represented or you promoted the system to the best of your ability throughout your reign? And I, I mean like the full aspect for us, your um, community service uh, attributes, um, your promos, performances, national walks, just being visual outside of the normal um, mishaps that you know, most people run in to when they uh, are reigning nationally. Do you think that you did the best that you could do? I, I do. The one thing I think I would have liked to have done differently, which I plan to do when the next reign comes along, um, is actually to have a um, voter registration agent present at preliminaries or pageants to register people because I think a lot of times we get, especially in this last two elections, we focus on the presidential elections, but we don't think about mm-hmm. our gubernatorial elections. And it's the local um, people that are elected, you know, like congressmen, your state and um, city representatives who affect people directly that you never think about and you don't get involved because those are the people who allocate the money that goes to your community that directly affects you. So that's the one thing I would have done differently that I intended to do but didn't get the chance to do during the ring work because I didn't organize it as well as I would have liked to is to have a voter registration agent um, present at the preliminary so that people can actually get registered and get more involved in their lives because it affects them every day. Okay. For me personally, that um, amazing. I always believe there's always something more. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you can go ahead. I was just agreeing with what she oh. said. That sounds really great. 
Oh, okay. I'm sorry. When I mean, me personally, I always believe in anything that I do, I can always do something better. But, you know, hindsight is, is, is a wonderful thing. If you look back and say, oh, I could have. But as this year has progressed, I think I've done everything that I possibly can do. Um, I, I'm very happy with my reign. I'm very happy with going to the um, the prelim and, and, and being seen. I, I, I did the walks that, you know, I... I, I tried my darndest to make it to the, most of the ones that I could, um, especially upon the agreement that Black America asked me to be be at. So some of the ones that were um, that I couldn't attend, if my job wouldn't allow me to attend and it was too close to another one or if it was too far out of state or whatever, I didn't attend them. Do I feel bad about it? I don't because, you know, I, I, I try my darndest to make sure that everyone knows that I support them by getting on Facebook and saying, you know, good luck to the contestants at this person's mm-hmm, pension or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So, you know, it's it's not just about being everywhere or it's about just it's little things in life. Do you think um, – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was done. Oh, no, I, I just have a question um, – I, I mean, to any to, to anyone on the on the line, do you think that what what I've taken um, a what I've seen is that a lot of people think that just because you have a million and one promo that you have done your job? Um, like, what what do you guys feel about that? Because I, I think that you know, and I have to, I go up to bat for anybody, you know, for any it doesn't matter what what competition you you know or what title you have. You know, as long as, you know, you're doing your job, you're out there meeting the people, you're where you are when you can. I mean, I think that's that's all that you can do, you know, especially in the economy that we have and everything. Things come up. We are human. We just, you know, I'm sure you guys just don't do shows and pageants. You you have lives, as you, as you said here on the air. But um, do you guys, have have you ever came in contact with that or, or can relate to what I'm saying when people just think that because you have a million and one promos that you, you successfully reigned? Well, As I feel I'm sorry, go ahead. No, whoever wants to go. Oh, oh. well, this is Um, I, I can tell people all the time, it's not about what the general populist public, they can think what they want to think. They don't know right. what my job title, what my job function is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said it before, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's what the Black America Board and Benny Mosley feel. Right. Now, I mean, if he tells me he wants me to do X, Y, Z, and it's up to me to make sure I try my darndest to fulfill what he tells me to do. And mm-hmm. that's the part that a lot of people in the public might say, oh, you should have been here, you should have been there, you should have been doing this. Right. <laughs> he knows my life, he knows my, um, what my expectations or his expectations are of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to fulfill his expectations. So as long as I'm doing that, uh, the general populace, uh, I'm like, I, I want to make sure I please them as much as I possibly can. Right. As many people as I possibly can, but mm-hmm. as long as I'm pleasing Benny, then I'm doing what my job title is actually supposed to be. Totally get it. or at home on their Facebooks on their laptops, and they're not using gas money, or they're not, you know, going places or going to events, not being paid or anything. So just because you're there and you spent all your hard earned money and you done what you've done to get there on your own, that's mm-hmm. your business, baby. So I would know. <laughs> That we, but our job is to just make sure that we look nice, you know, when we can be where we're supposed to be, we're there. You know, mm-hmm. you can promote Black America outside of Aunt Pavins. At work, I'm Mr. Black America Jr., and I work for the government. So 
it's not like, oh, I have to be in front of the gay community in order to still be a title holder because that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. And neither do I have to post that I'm here doing the cancer walk because I'm Black America Junior. I'm here because I genuinely want to help these people who are less fortunate or who are disenfranchised or have something going on if I can in any small way. But just because mm-hmm. I don't let you know, um, that does not mean I'm a bad king or you're a bad queen or anything. You do whatever you can do, and you don't have to let it be known if you don't feel. But well, I'm not doing my job. <laughs> or you're not doing your job, I'm sorry. Whoever. Um, now, uh, did anyone else want to say anything before I uh, ask the, the the general public out there, do they have any more questions before we, because um, I, I will take one more. Well, beauty is in, beauty just like success is in the eyes of the holder. If mm-hmm. success to you is uh, wonderful promo pics, then you have had a successful reign. You established just like the type of person you want to be, the type mm-hmm. of king and or queen that you want to be. So no one can tell you that you want a success if in your eyes you've accomplished everything you set out to, to achieve. So All go right. for it. I love watching the promo pics. Okay. okay. Um, it's a lot of. It's a lot. I mean, I'm not gonna invest that kind of money, but go right ahead. Go, go for right it. ahead. I love okay. It. Um, Corey, after your MBA reign is officially complete, what are your next steps in life? Life. <laughs> I really um I I have no aspiration for doing any other pageant. If mm-hmm. that answers your question, um I really. I'm trying to You're get You're going to go to Disneyland. Walk. No, I'm not going to. I, no, I don't like children. So <laughs> definitely not going to Disneyland. But I am trying to get my foundation off the ground. And other than that, I mean, I, I travel the world for a living. So I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. Okay. Okay, great. And what about you, Giselle? Um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? I'm sorry. I was doing. After your Black America Junior Miss Rain is officially complete, what are your next steps in life? It could be pageantry, oh. career, anything. Um, my next step in life, actually, um, like I have a couple of things in mind that I want to do, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I'm not really going to stress myself out to do it. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm able to do it, I will. If not, you know, I just won't because in my personal life, you know, I have like a, you know, a couple of surgeries that I want to do, so I'm saving mm-hmm. money for that. And it's just stuff like that I want to get out of the way. I want to really work on me mm-hmm. um, before I, re- you know, really think about giving myself over to somebody else for another 365 days. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if that answers your question, you know, just working on me. And um, I have like some other things that I'm, you know, in, in the works of, outside of pedantry, but mm-hmm. depending on, like, how that goes and what happens with that, you know. I might be returning to pageant soon. It might be another year. It might be another two years. I mean, I really don't know, but I'm not going to stress myself out because I don't feel the need to, you know, always compete, compete, compete. I'm a strong believer in you don't have to be a title holder to promote yourself. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you can promote yourself and you can still be out there, you can still be visible, and people can still know who you are without you having a title. So, I mean, as long as I'm still putting myself out there and, you know, being who I want to be and being visible in, in you know, my community, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't have to, you know, do the pageant. So, if that answers your question. Yes, it most most definitely does. It most definitely does. And Christian, what about you? 
Well, thankfully, uh, I've been graced with the opportunity to, to travel to China um, at the end of March, and I'll be there for yes, the China. To China and Shanghai, yeah. I'll be dancing for, for three months there and touring, and um, I want to be your ruler. <laughs> you want to be a ruler? Okay. Next, um, <laughs> Ivy White. <laughs> Ivy Wine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was laughing at what he said. Uh, I heard him. I heard well, him. Was that what that's supposed to mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. What, as far as you are, are concerned, what are your next steps in life? What are you working on? What do you plan to do? All of that. Well, I mean, right now I am the resident makeup artist for Chanel um, at you know here in Nashville, and mm-hmm. I want to grow that with that company and okay. do. Wonderful, wonderful things with Chanel. But okay. as for the pageantry world and everything, uh, once again, I'll state. <laughs> I, right now I'm not thinking about anything but my give up, um, my contestants, and how I can best help black America. <laughs> okay. We're not a problem. That's my pageant answer. <laughs> All right. And um, okay. last concerning not least, Michelle. Um, well, as a lot of my friends know, I, I typically am very private with my private mm-hmm. life. Okay. Um, what I choose to share with the public is Michelle Perez, for the most part. So okay. I'll, I guess I'll talk about the pageant aspect. Most definitely. Um, Duval is next for me. I definitely want to be able to say, once Duval, always Duval. I've been still in the love in Florida, and I want to add that to one of my accomplishments in this industry and this career. The other stuff that I'm working on is for Miss mm-hmm. Tolbert, and Miss Tolbert will keep that over there. So. Well, not a problem, not a problem. And thank you guys so very much for answering all of those questions. And um, we're going to go ahead and get the show close. Excuse me? Hmm? Oh, no. I thought. Tolbert. Yes, that's her. She is I and I am she. (laughs) And we are they. (laughs) Yes. I want to thank the current Black America Symbols of Excellence, Mr. Corey Iman, Michelle Paris, Ivy White, Christian Lord St. James, and Giselle Sanchez Sinclair on a wonderful sit down chit chat with me Michael Lord um, remember Black America Junior Junior Miss will be held at Spivey's Creation Room in Decatur Georgia on March 14th registration for the pageant is at 11am at Spivey's Creation Room and the pageant will start promptly at 7 Mr. Miss and Plus Black America will be held at Center Stage in Midtown Atlanta uh, and if you would like your uh, to go ahead and get your ticket early for the contest you can go to Ticketmaster.com Put in the search field, Black America Pageant, and voila, there you have it. You may also, if you live in the Atlanta area, you may also stop by the box office, okay? Way before the pageant, stop by the box office. You can even go tomorrow. Stop by the box office and purchase your ticket, all right? Because we would love to actually see you there, all right? And as we all know, I end every episode with a quote of the week. A closed door doesn't mean you have been cut off permanently. It is a challenge. An obstacle, a tool to be used. One door cannot be closed for too long. With the willpower, the drive, tenacity, and endurance, that closed door will one day open to new horizons. Until next time, be blessed, everyone.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.